NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EVT is out here podcasting, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, Padres EVT podcast, Padres EVT podcast, Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? I'm just hanging out, about to enjoy the weekend. Yeah, I hear you. It's uh, Friday afternoon, and uh, we're both excited uh, for some baseball this weekend. Um, With us on our 32nd episode uh, today will be Dan Zimborski, uh, ESPN baseball analyst, and also the creator of the Zips projection system, which is uh, widely regarded as one of the best uh, projections for players' values. Um, Patrick, tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Dan. Uh, yeah, Dan is the creator of Zips, as you uh, already mentioned. Um, basically, what it tries to do is, is project out a season, so it, it projects all sorts of stats: batting average, um, on-base percentage, slugging percentage. Uh, you name it. So it basically rolls in all uh, previous. It rolls in previous years. Um, so for some guys, minor league stats if they haven't been in the big leagues much yet. So it rolls all those stats into whatever program, whatever formula Dan has. I mean, obviously it's proprietary. Um, so whatever uh, formula he uses, and, and it spits out some numbers. And it's always interesting to look at those numbers and see which guys exceed those expectations, um, which guys. Um, kind of don't meet those expectations and there's also steamer projections which are also hosted on fan graph so it's, it's kind of fun to compare um the different kind of projections and see what players are exceeding those expectations which ones are falling short and kind of every year i think dan's obviously fixing the system and it, i think it's getting better every year and it's getting closer to projecting uh what these guys true talent level is so i think it's it's an interesting thing to look for i know some people don't like projections but i think it's uh it makes it a little more fun. I mean, it's something that to make the game a little more uh, scientific, if you if you want. Yeah, definitely. It's it's obviously not an exact science. There's no way to predict what's going to happen uh, with injuries and trades and other factors that determine uh, value of, of player. But um, needless to say, the Padres are not highly uh, projected on the uh, Zips uh, system. But um, it is what it is. We uh, had Dan last year and. Uh, we we talked to him about uh, Myers and Kemp and Shields and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to kind of converse with him and get his uh, idea on the philosophy of the Padres and how it's changed slightly since uh, we last spoke. Yeah, it's definitely going to be be good. Uh, more than a year later here to to see how much has changed with the Padres and kind of get uh, Dan's thoughts on it th- through Zips and, and through his own opinion as well. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the Padres are presently in San Francisco. Uh, looks like this is going to be the battle of the seller uh, for the division <laughs> right now. Um, Giants fans got to be just pulling their hairs out. Just, I mean, at, at the thought of them uh, being in the cellar, um, they had to have high expectations coming into this year. Um, unfortunate <laughs> circumstances have happened, uh, namely with uh, Madison Bumgarner. But you know, things happen. I wouldn't count them out just yet. They, Bruce Bochy is a, is a is a great manager, and, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll have them winning ball games uh, sooner than later. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can affectionately call this the Cellar Dweller series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to see who uh, comes out of the cellar there. Uh, but yeah, Giants uh, didn't didn't think they'd be in this position early season, but uh, they still have time to make it up, obviously. But it's not going to be easy without uh, Bumgardner and a couple other guys uh, struggling. So they're going to need to turn it around quick here if they want a chance at the playoffs this year. Definitely. I, I found it interesting that they brought up uh, their number one uh, prospect, uh, Christian Arroyo. Um, give me some thoughts on that, uh, if you think he'll get the consistent playing time at third base. Yeah, the, the talk about him was, was always whether he would hit enough, whether he'd play short or third, especially mm-hmm. considering how, how, how many guys the Giants already had uh, in their system. Obviously, Brandon Crawford is their shortstop, and uh, prior to last year, Matt Duffy was their third baseman. But with him gone and more of a short-term play, Eduardo Nunez uh, at third base currently, and he's, he's obviously struggled to start the season. Um, the Giants wanted to try something a little drastic, and, and calling Arroyo up early in the season may not be too drastic, but it's definitely something to shake it up and maybe change how things go and he's he's been pretty good so far so we'll have to see if he can keep hitting um but it, it'll be fun to watch for sure yeah that definitely will be uh, someone to keep an eye on in, in the series uh, it's it's always good to see young players and and uh see what kind of value they uh, ultimately have um all right folks we'll stick with us uh we will be back shortly uh with dan zimborski uh zips projection uh creator Welcome back, folks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're here on our 32nd episode of the Padres EBT podcast. Uh, Dan Zimborski is here with us, uh, ESPN baseball analyst and uh, creator of the Zips Projection System. How's it going, Dan? Pretty good. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing as well as Padre fans can do in, in uh, late <laughs> April. Well, I mean, this is to be expected. You can't say that you were surprised. No, no, we 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 both knew what what uh, the season had in store for us, but at the same time, it's still a it's still a frustrating uh, time of the year for for uh, any Padre fan. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you have rebuilding essentially, and that's always going to have some pains. But at least then definitely. you get to know you get to know that better days are ahead. And when a team definitely. doesn't, you don't really know that. Definitely. Well, you know, let's get right into it because last year when we talked to you. The number one topic that we discussed was the fact that the Padres were stuck in the middle with uh, James Shields, Matt Kemp, Melvin Upton Jr. on the roster, just kind of just floating around, not knowing what they were doing, whether they were coming or going. Uh, obviously, the teams had a sense of direction now. They're rebuilding, whether or not they want to admit it or not. The team is rebuilding. They've got a great young farm system that they're developing. Um, what are your thoughts on the progress that the team has made uh, in the year? Well, I think that I think it's been a positive year, even if it's the last year there haven't been much in the way of wins. But as I said last year, and I had been saying, is they had to pick a direction. Uh, I think of uh, Mr. Miyagi in, in the Karate Kid saying, <laughs> if, if you karate, maybe, or what was it? I karate don't know, but it was something like yeah. that. You karate, yeah. guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, they, and they kind of figure out, okay, we're not going to win now, so we're going to have to win later. And it seems like a simple thing, but it, it, it's tricky. It's because you have to, you know, get ownership on board. You have to sugarcoat it for a lot of the fans as, as much as you can because you can't outright say, okay, well, come come to Padres baseball. Uh, we're going to have the blue uniforms, and our team's going to be terrible this year. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a PR guy's uh, dream. Uh, I know in Chicago there was obviously a big rebuild ahead of them uh, when Theo Epstein took over. 
and everybody knew that they were going to tag for a few years, but they didn't come out and say it that directly. Uh, but no. as I said, you see a lot of, of good things going on in San Diego right now. Obviously, we're a few years away for the team to really be interesting, like on the field as opposed to the future. But they did pick a path, and they are pretty much going that path. Yeah, definitely. We can we can only pray and hope that they stick to it because we've we've seen this before and they've kind of strayed from it. Uh, I think this ownership group is pretty solid and staying for a while. So hopefully that that rectifies the the problem because the the influence in, that the different owners had and different GMs just it, it really put this this uh, franchise in, in a loop for a long time. And we're just looking for uh, to be trending the right way, if, for lack of better words. And, and it seems like that's the case now. Uh, yeah, when when you looked at their at that their very quick turnover a couple winters ago, uh, that was one of those things that it would either work out or it would not. And yeah. once it didn't work out, there was no more room for error. When you when you take a big gamble and you lose the gamble, there's going to be a lot of consequences, and there were. But again, it's looking good so far what they're doing. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so you know, last year. The biggest discussion that we had, or one of the biggest topics that we had, was uh, Matt Kemp and the, the decline of Matt Kemp. Um, were you surprised that the Braves uh, took a chance on Kemp? I, I wasn't surprised, given uh, when they acquired him, that they were trying to compete for it. I did not like that trade at all, and I loudly yelled about that trade until people were <laughs> angry at me. Uh, for a while, it was Padres fans mad at me, but now the Braves fans are mad at me about, about Matt Kemp. He's 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 a DH and he's in the National League. Yeah. And, and even when he is on a good run offensively, his defense is just so terrible that it just cancels out all that good. Uh, I obviously the Padres weren't really going to get anything for for, for him. Uh, it was a straight up dump essentially. No one was going to give a prospect for the privilege of paying Matt Kemp, even with them eating some salary. Uh, but. They, they pulled the trigger, and that's the important thing. They're not – Kemp isn't in the outfield now stealing at bats from players that might have a future in San Diego. Yes, and that's definitely. the important thing. Yeah, I, I mean, what I... they decided that Kemp was the center fielder still, and, and you <laughs> had Embargo in, in the minors. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I can speak for uh, all Padre fans in, in saying that I'm glad that Matt Kemp is no longer a Padre at any cost. Um, so let's let's get a little more into into your zips projections. I want I want you kind of just to tell our viewers what zips is, kind of how it works, and a little bit about your system and how you created it. Well, the zips projection system is a, a, a computer projection system I've developed over the last, I guess, almost fifteen years now. Uh, as it's evolved and there's more data that can be used, more research done, more information. Uh, it's a it's a computer projection system, so it makes rough estimates of playing time. It, it, of course, models a full array of possibilities for each player, but it spits out a mean projection that, that I give at the start of the year, and I hope I don't look too stupid at the end of the year. Uh, it, it was So I've been, I've been in development essentially for 15 years. As, as technology improves, so did the projections. Uh, the idea came from in the mid-'90s. Uh, a friend of mine named Chris Dial, uh, who's on Sabre's board right now. Uh, he's a chemist, and we used to talk, hey, you know, we could do a very simple projection system that would get us most of the way there. There weren't a lot of projection systems at the time, and they were mostly done by, like, fantasy sites and fantasy organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never actually got back to that idea. Uh, Tom Tango eventually 
um, did something similar independently of us called Marcel the Monkey, which mm-hmm. had the same kind of design. And by the time I waded my, my, my toes in, I decided to do something a little more vigorous than the simple projection system. Uh, so it's grown over time. Uh, obviously, our computers are a lot faster. I don't think Zips would even run <laughs> on the... On the, what was the? I had a Pentium Four, I think, when I when I started. <laughs> nice. And oh we're, we're 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 well past that now, so yeah, yeah. we could do a lot more things. It was uh, probably on dial dial up, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well, well, each, well, yeah. Actually, no. I did. I I did get cable a cable modem, in, I think nineteen ninety nine. So I did wow. have broadband. What was at the time much slower, obviously, than today. Uh, each the total for the Zips batting projector and the uh, Zips pitching projector, it's about two gigabytes total just for those two things. Uh, and my computer at the time, I think it was had a four gigabyte hard drive. So you can, it, it, you can see how things are a little different today. Yeah. I can do a lot of things, Monte Carlo simulations, all sorts of cool stuff to try to uh, get more information because the projections show a lot of things. Uh, probabilities of players hitting different thresholds, breakout potential, breakdown potential, so on, long-term projections. Uh, and I, I think I've developed, I think it's. I think it works pretty well. It's it's slightly less terrible than most other ways to predict the future, which is kind of the uh, maybe not as ambitious-sounding goal as I have. But that's what it is, because the future is tricky, and we're just trying to peer through the fog a little bit. Yeah, I think it's it's better than throwing darts at a dartboard. So you've you've definitely done well. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I don't think they'd pay me to throw darts at a dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. Um, so I wanted to ask you if there's any um, specific adjustments that that you've made to Zips, maybe in recent years or this year, that you could talk about, perhaps. <laughs> well, some of the uh, well, the 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 mean projections that fifty fifty mark, that those haven't changed that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do incorporate a lot of new data. Uh, some statcast data, you know, trajectory, velocity, some of the other kind of pitch FX type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that that's been introduced in recent years. I always have uh, kind of an addition of zips that's like a few years off because I'm very careful about implementing new things. I want to have good good test data to make sure that I'm not making things worse because that that's a tricky thing because information is cool and it's cool to see uh, some of like the stuff from statcast saying. That person took X seconds to reach the ball, but to know what's predictive and not or not, that that takes a little longer and takes a little more work and a little more care to do that. Uh, where where the cool becomes actual, you know, improvement in the future or decline in the future, and those are that's that's kind of the ongoing um, challenge. Uh, and I, I've done things like refine long term projections, all sorts of things. Like I've developed a model for likelihood of players to move to a less strenuous defensive position to kind of improve, say, war projections for young shortstops. Uh, for instance, uh, Carlos Correa, now Zip sees a chance of him moving to third base someday, which makes the war total a little bit lower, but possibly more accurate. Mm-hmm. I'll know in 15 years when I'm, God, I'm in my 50s. Um, <laughs> don't want to think about that. But uh, So it's, it's always a work in progress. I try to develop zips with the idea of, of providing interesting information uh, I never really write straight up like X has that projection Y has that projection I try to use zips in a way that it you know illuminates the stories that are going around at any given time 
And I'm happy with the way it worked out. Yeah, it's definitely a good goal to have, and I think you've done a great job with it. Um, something I've always been a little curious about with Zips is how do you really go about um, projecting minor leaguers, uh, guys that are going to be rookies in the big leagues? Like, how do you kind of – I know you probably use minor league stats, obviously, but how do you try to get a good gauge of, of what this guy could be at the next level? I know the Potters have a couple guys, obviously Austin Hedges, uh, Hunter Renfro, Manuel Margot. How do you how do you project those guys in the next level given that – Triple A and the big leagues, I mean, it's not that much of a difference, but it really is at the same time. Well, I had to put a lot of work into developing good minor league translations. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the nice things about the era that we live in, that we have access to so much more data. Uh, Sean Foreman of Baseball Reference tends to look the other way when I data mine the site for things, because he knows I'm not going to start like a competitor baseball reference or anything. Uh, I actually... Uh, have minor league translations now going into the early 70s. So when players are projected to similar players, especially when they're minor leaguers, there are a lot of minor league types to to compare to since I have translations for all those minor league players, Uh, which which can be a problem because if you don't have minor league data as part of the set when you're making, uh, say, a wide variety of comps uh, and you end up with major leaguers, you're kind of introducing a confirmation bias mm-hmm. by only comparing a minor leaguer to quickly developing major leaguers. Uh, I remember early on in baseball prospectus, uh, when they were doing comparisons, they didn't have minor leaguers as people that players could be compared to. Uh, so pretty much, well, not pretty much every, but a lot of young outfielders got Barry Bonds on their comp list just because <laughs> he was young and in the majors. And of course, that's not realistic. Uh, so I, I, I've done a lot of work in in improving how minor league translations work. Uh, I do have some rudimentary uh, hit by, how to describe it, play-by-play data for the minors. Mm-hmm. It's obviously nowhere near as good as the stuff we have for the majors, but I, I make it work, and I, I think it works pretty decently. I no, it, yeah, it, it's it's not an exact science, and, and it's definitely diff- more difficult when you have less resources to deal with um, when projecting minor leaguers and stuff. Um, speaking of which, let's talk about Hunter Renfro. Uh, Zips does not have the highest projection on him. Is that mainly because of his inability to walk and, and get on base? or um, Can you delve into that a little bit? Uh, well, with, with, with Renfro, you also have to remember his, his uh, projection – it's also for playing in Petco Park. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It, it does think that he's going to have some growing pains. Uh, okay. He's he's not a guy who's you know he's he's not going to walk two hundred times a year or something yeah. like, like Barry Bonds or or even a hundred times a year or less even twenty times a year. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, his his top in the minors is like like what forty walks at most one year. I, I don't have it in front of me, but he he's not a He's not a Ted Williams type scientific hitter. No, no. Uh, but I mean, Zips did project him to hit like twenty five home runs this year if he played yeah. full time in the majors. Uh, which I actually don't think that projection was probably that far off. I think because sometimes you look at a projection and you think, oh, that's too high or too low. Uh, but in this case, I think I agreed with it. No, definitely. In the the small uh, sample size that I've seen of him defensively, too, I'm I'm slightly concerned with his range and stuff. I don't want to call him Matt Kemp per se. I mean, he's not even close to that. But he's had a little bit of trouble tracking balls and taking angles on balls. So I'm sure. I, I don't know. I don't have the zips projections in front of me. But defensively, is is he suffering as well? 
Uh, well, having major league data because defensive data is essentially the worst for minor leaguers. That's that's the that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem with yeah. some of the minor league yeah. data because there's no ultimate zone rating or or baseball mm-hmm. info solutions doing that. I I work with a, a couple different things. I have enough play by play that I can do a kind of a rudimentary version of what uh, Sean Sean Smith of Shown uh, called Total Zone. <laughs> Which is wow. essentially, uh, ex- yeah, it was. It's a tongue twister. I wish yeah, that's a tongue still. twister. <laughs> uh, which, but he he extrapolated defense from some of the play by play data uh, okay. from minor leaguers, and I do it the same way. Uh, and I do a couple other indicators. I actually wrote uh, a scouting report parser that looks for key words in scouting reports that historically have predictive value. Uh, a oh, player described as having above average range has fared slightly better than than an, uh, a player that doesn't have that phrase. Uh, hmm. You know, kind of... It's it, it's it's like a cheat, but it's like an objective cheat in a way. Yeah. It's trying to... Uh, and I also... And there's also some indicators, for instance, like speed. Uh, hmm. Obviously, they're fast players who are poor defensive players. Like, I think Alex Sanchez uh, is the one that really sticks out as a fast player who is just terrible defensively. Uh, and and stuff like speed score, but but because faster players do tend to play better defense overall. It's not enough where you can say fast equals good defense, but it's another yeah. variable you put in. Uh, Zips actually thought that Renfro I think would be like five or six runs above average in a corner for the for the season. Uh, okay. He hasn't been doing that. I, I I believe that the advanced measures have him a little below average so far. But it's yeah. it's such a small sample size. No, no, yeah, it's it's definitely early. I mean, he he has a rocket arm for sure, but I'm just a little concerned with the range at, at this point. But he's he's so young; it's it's unfair to judge him at this point. Yeah, he, and and the rebuilding, the Padres definitely one of, one of the things about rebuilding is that you can take risks and you can stick with things that a competing team can't do, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the advantage of rebuilding. Uh, a team fighting for first place right now can't afford to let, say, Renfro grow into the position, try, do something like Bethancourt at, at pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, a contending team can't afford that. They have to be more risk-averse. But a team like Definitely. the Padres has the virtue of being able to be patient, being able to be creative, and giving Renfro time out there just to see what he can do. It's 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 going to be beneficial. At least, at least he's not Matt Kemp, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least he's not Matt Kemp. That's the yeah. thing about Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp could have an all-star season this year. And while it would improve what they would get from him uh, in a trade, he was never going to help a Padres team make the playoffs. No. Yep. Renfro might. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's all about the future, and, and we're, we're finally uh, aware of that now. Um, let, let's talk about his outfield mate uh, right next to him, uh, Manuel Margot, who Zips loved last year. Uh, his projections is, I think it's a 1.1 or one one three or something like that right now. Um, give me some uh, thoughts on, on Margot. I know he's, he has all the intangibles to be a successful major leaguer. He has good plate discipline and, and all that. Um, give me a little information on him. Oh, well, Zips has been a fan of Margot. Essentially, mm-hmm. thought Margot would be uh, a league average player in center field last year, too. Yeah. Uh, well, what... It was he was definitely one of the better pickups for the team, uh, pretty much in recent history because he's people forget he's still very young. Uh, his yeah. his 
AAA numbers last year. Didn't blow anyone out of the water, but that those were really good. It was a really good performance for a very young player that should have a plus glove in center field. Uh, yes. And, and if you look at if you look at his numbers now, he has at least in a in a small sample size. He he's he's been he's been decent to the the very good in center field so far. Uh, I, I might even be conservative that he's he's should be a really good defensive player. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I mean he's not gonna ever hit thirty home runs. I don't think that's in the cards. He so he certainly isn't a guy with like a huge frame that's going to no. be like two twenty in four years and hit thirty home runs. But I think he'll be a solidly above average. Uh, center fielder for uh, the Padres, and maybe he becomes Lorenzo Kane. But the Padres have the luxury of of watching and waiting. And really, I mean, he's been fine this year. I think Lorenzo Kane would be a, a pretty great thing if the Padres could manage that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's it's nothing to to scoff at. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say that Margot was probably slightly underrated as a prospect. He didn't get a lot of attention mm-hmm. uh, compared to where I think he should have been. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so I wanted your thoughts. You said you've been doing this Zips thing for around 15 years, right? Yeah, about. I started like 2002, 2003. I'd have trouble figuring out like what the date is. I'd have to go back <laughs> and like figure that out uh, because enough time has passed that my exact monthly reminder schedule isn't exactly what it used to be. Uh I can remember the big things, like I remember, obviously, like, say, 9-11, mm-hmm. but I remember being at Damon's, uh, eating ribs the night before, so, like, I remember that day, but I don't have a good reference point for for when I started Zips, but I'd say it was end of 2002, but it might have been early 2003, so we're almost at 15 years either way. All right, so it's been a while, is what we're getting at here. So where I'm going with this is I wanted your thoughts. Uh, is this the worst pitching staff you've ever seen in terms of uh, Zips projections? I I think it was actually the worst that it's projected. Uh, I think the Rockies one year might have had a worse projection uh, for their pitching staff. But this was the, – the, the projections for the Padres were quite bleak. Uh, I think – I think it had Tyson Ross, because I, I keep people with their most recent team. Yeah. So it still had Tyson Ross at the time I ran the projections. I think he was the guy that had at least one projected win. <laughs> uh, wow. after, I actually, after him, um, I I believe offhand that the best projection was Lamette. Uh, Before, because of his upside. Prior to the season? Yeah, prior to the season. I, I'm pretty sure it was actually Lamette that had the the best projection. Not because it thought he was super ready to play in the majors, but simply because Zips hated everybody on the uh, in the rotation. <laughs> yeah, me and I have to say it's wrong so far. It hasn't not it's it it could be worse, but it's it has not been a good rotation. Yeah, no, James no. and I were uh, joking before you came on that uh, Zach Lee. I saw him at the top of the list <laughs> in terms of the projections preseason. And I was like, "That's that's something." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the the guys they picked up aren't really making their case yet for being able to to be able to be flipped in July. Yeah, um, really. <laughs> I don't think Weaver or Richard or Seen is 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 likely to be that flippable unless they start pitching uh, better. Let's just say. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely been a, a slow start. Um, moving off that uh, not so bright spot, um, I wanted to talk <laughs> about uh, Austin Hedges and how his last week of of home run hitting. If that's changed, um, I don't know if you've updated Zips that recently, but I wanted to know if that would change. You, you think that would change anything in terms of his uh, short term and long term projections? It should because. Uh, a projection never stands still. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always new information, and, and you should always think of a projection as capturing kind of like a glimpse of a specific point in time. And any time a guy goes on a run or a bad run, it, 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 it kind of shifts that – it shades it one direction or the other. Uh, coming into the season, Zips had uh, projected Hedges to hit 12 home runs for the whole season. He's already at six. And so that means he's likely to end up with more than that. Zips is actually projecting that he'll finish at 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming into the season, it saw him as a 675 OPS guy. Now it sees him as a 681 guy going forward. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, he's he. it isn't like he has a crazy uh, offense otherwise. It's, it's, I mean, it's been home runs and nothing else, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, but it does it does increase that that power upside for hedges, which which of course will be nice. It's nice to have a catcher that can hit twenty home runs rather than hitting ten home runs. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the, the rest has to come, I think. But Definitely. he hasn't been a negative. He's hit for enough power that he hasn't been a negative on the team. Uh, for sure. And again, we go back to the rebuilding thing. It mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter what he does now. He could be hitting one hundred with no extra base hits, and it's still worth playing him. Uh, unless it gets to the point where you think he's, it's actually going to be actually going to uh, be negative for his development, uh, and I don't mm-hmm. think they're anywhere near that point. Uh, but no, it, it, it's it's been mixed but positive, and I think that the odds are now that he'll hit for more power than we expected. For sure, and it for him, it, I think defense is the key. I think the Padres want him to focus on defense and and help this this troubled staff and. and... And kind of get the best out that he produces with the bat is just going to be a bonus, and I think they were they're very happy with what they've gotten so far from him. Yeah, that 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 was his bread and butter coming up, uh, and as long as he's good defensively, he he can just be okay offensively and be in, and be a good player. Yeah, for sure. Okay, you know I'd love to get your uh, your thoughts on uh, the AJ Preller uh, suspension and uh, stuff that happened uh, at the end of last season. Uh, you know. We're here in San Diego, so we're kind of jaded as far as what we believe and what we think. But I'd love to hear what your opinion on on the uh, situation is. Well, it's always tricky because there because he uh, there were instances where Preller had had kind of pushed the envelope before, mm-hmm. and and there were some whisperings about maybe he was pushing the rules a little too much, uh, and obviously that happened, which got him suspended. Uh, but I think that you are going to tend to see rule pushing. Uh, at least he wasn't hacking into uh, the Astros' <laughs> email and and helping yeah. himself to scouting reports or something. Yeah, that uh, that was way more shady. <laughs> but he he's now responsible for the rebuild, and um, it's it's not like he's that old. Uh, no. I think he's a year older than me, possibly. I I don't know what year he was born. I think he was born in seventy seven, oh. but I don't know. And I'm just checking Wikipedia, and it doesn't say anything. <laughs> But I think he's just – he's about my age. So he he has time, and if he can rebuild the Padres, uh, I think at least some of the the whispers uh, about if he's, you know, pushing the envelope will subside. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like like no no one – 
Like, everyone complains about Belichick in, in New England. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to remember him as a great coach, too. So Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an old saying in baseball, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, <laughs> it, guess, it, 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 Who was that? Was that a Dizzy <laughs> Dean or no? His was, it ain't bragging if you can do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was a Dizzy Dean. I, I, I don't know who, who said that, but that's, a, that's definitely an old adage. I mean, teams are trying to steal signs all the time and trying to get the advantage, competitive advantage over everybody. And I think he got caught up in it. And thankfully for the Padres, we didn't lose him as, as a GM. Cause I, I am confident with his ability to scout and, and get this team in the right direction. And, and that's what it's all about right now at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's, as I said, we'll see how the rebuild goes and that's yeah. probably going to be a bigger stamp because I don't think exactly. anyone's really going to hold him too responsible for the winter, because that wasn't just him. The organization as a whole decided to push that. It wasn't like like he was making all these Kemp trades uh, yeah. from, from the Dodgers on his completely of his own accord. Uh, yeah, I mean, people still did. have this old-time idea that, like, general managers are kind of like uh, medieval satraps just having <laughs> absolute control over their domain. Yeah. And in fact, organizations, it's more of a team effort than it used to be. Definitely, yeah. He definitely needed to get permission to take on Kemp's salary, and and he got it. So it's not as though it was all on him for for that uh, that mistake. Um, you know, Dan, I think we're about done. Patrick, did you have anything else uh, for Dan, or any other questions for him? No, I think we uh, did a pretty good job of covering zips, how it works, and how bad the Padres look this year. <laughs> yeah, we, we we definitely didn't want to get into Jared Weaver's negative projection or anything like that because uh, it would just... Uh, it would just but see, the, uh, ni- the nice thing about Jared Weaver is you watch him pitch and you think, I could do that. <laughs> I mean, I could, sad, throw, I could throw 70 when I was a kid. Maybe sad I could true. push it with like professional training. Maybe I could Maybe I could throw 75. Yeah. And that's kind of getting me up near near Weaver territory. Yeah, Man, seriously. Sign him up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dan, have you ever made it out here to Petco Park? Uh, it's actually one of the few parks I have not been to. Wow. Uh, you're we, missing out. We, we have You have to get out here. There's uh, definitely a, a great vibe to the ballpark, uh, despite what the product on the field is currently um, displaying. But, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff to do, a lot of uh, craft beer and stuff. And Oh, yeah. You know, well, you always have me at beer. Uh, well, there you I, go. <laughs> see, I'm a functionally lazy man. I tend to go to things in, on the <laughs> eastern seaboard or the Midwest with my East Coast bias. Nice, nice. Well, if you're out here to Petco, you definitely hit us up, and we'll uh, we'll we'll take you a night on the town. I will do that, and I will talk to you guys next time. Oh, let me know. Make sure to tweet at me when this is up, so I can I retweet definitely. it, and hopefully people will go listen to it. Okay, definitely, Dan. Thank you so much. Okay, have, have a, a good day. one, guys. Bye. Thank you. Well, thanks uh, to Dan Zimborski for joining us today. It was uh, fantastic. He's always a great interview and a great personality. Um, his Zips projection system is is uh, is widely regarded as as one of the best in the in the in the game. So it's uh, it's cool to talk to him, Patrick. Um, any uh, anything would you like to add? Yeah, Dan is is a lot of fun, and his his name is fun to say as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. And for those who don't know, th- those projections are hosted at Fangraph. So if you ever want to go check them out and uh, cry a little bit about how bad the Padres are, uh, feel free. Don't say I didn't warn sure. you though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a favorable uh, projection projection, but you know it is what it is. We already knew what uh, what we had in store for us for this 2017 season. Um. All right, I think we're good to go. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on our 32nd episode. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and uh, take us out of here. 
Yeah, we will be back next week. Uh, as always, we're hosted on Podbean. We're also on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm on Twitter at PatrickBrewer93. James is EVT underscore news, uh, as well as, what's your other one? EVT J Clark, uh, I think. It's, yeah, you'll find me. I don't know. Yeah, I, he, I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, he's he's SD around. SD Sporting News as well. SD Sporting News uh, as well is, is one of our handles as well. So He's got uh, several. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, you, you'll have no trouble finding us uh, if, if you really uh, care to. All right, that's about it. Thank you so much, folks. Uh, East Village Times Podcast, signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.